You're listening to the podcast Expat Radio. My name is Michel Danen of Your Move to the Netherlands, a company that supports international people with a smooth landing in the Netherlands. In this episode of Expat Radio, an interview with Katharina Kusova, or in short, Kate Kusova. Kate is from Moscow, Russia. She met her Dutch boyfriend via Tinder, and after traveling back and forth for quite some time, she decided to move to the Netherlands to live with him. In this interview, she gives valuable tips on how to build a social network and how to find a job in the Netherlands. I interviewed Kate together with co-host Darmin Bihari during the live radio show EZFM Expat Radio. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. And you are from Russia. Yes, I'm and, from Moscow. And you're from Moscow and you live in the Netherlands and you live in Almera, actually. Yes, All almost right. two years. Two years. So, and what brought you to the Netherlands? Um, my boyfriend. Uh, I moved for, uh, to my boyfriend. I met him uh, almost four years ago in Amsterdam during my holiday. And after I travel a lot between Moscow and Amsterdam, and after I decided to stay here with him. Oh, so, wow. Yes. So you, you took a big leap and you went to the Netherlands for your yes. love. Wow. <laughs> uh, how did you meet him? Uh, because Amsterdam is big and there are lots of men and women <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> everywhere. So uh, what, what was your meeting point? Uh, I traveled with two of my friends. They went to Beyonce concert and I, they leave me alone. And I thought I'm going to download Tinder to find somebody for coffee. And he wrote me immediately. I on, went on Tinder, the app? Yes. Just just for a coffee. Yes. That, that was the intention. It was just for, I thought I, I'm going to find uh, somebody for coffee for three hours. And I met the, uh, my boyfriend. And uh, we went uh, to Fundal to Park. Uh-huh. And when we were there, he took off his jacket and put it on the floor. And I found it, wow, he's so romantic. It's very special. And yeah, and after, uh, I think I, I, I think... From the first moment, I know that he's uh, the special one for me, the only one. <laughs> wow. And after I travel a lot, uh, yeah. And to, together uh, or alone? Uh, I travel a lot to Netherlands. Oh, you mean back and forth? Yes. Right. Also, he went to Moscow, We, but I traveled a lot to Netherlands to understand, can I live here or not? I had sort of test periods. Yes. Because I don't want to make it too stressful for myself to move uh, without uh, knowing where I'm going to. Ah, uh-huh. so you wanted to test the water. Yes. Yes, <laughs> really, and figly speaking, maybe. You did some exploration. Exactly. Be- before you d- definitely decided to move to the Netherlands. But the million dollar question is, was the coffee good? Coffee. He bring me to Febo. The Fable. <laughs> That's not a romantic place, the Fable. For the people who don't know, this is a very known, uh, what we call in Dutch, a snack bar. So it's where you get French fries and uh, milkshakes and the Dutch croquetten. And that's not a very romantic place for the first day. No, and it? they have fender machines in the wall, right? Yes. Uh, but after he bring me uh, to four walls uh, restaurants, because oh. Fable have only three walls. Yes, so a proper one. Yes. But that was on the second date. Uh, yes. Right. And during the exploration, uh, Katrina, what was your uh, one of the things that you really liked and disliked in your exploration process? Oh, there is one thing which I, in the beginning, I dislike, and after I like it a lot, it's Dutch directness. Mm. I find it so good because before I lived in Portugal, and in Portugal, people never direct to you. You never know what they want to say. But Dutch people, you know, 
my boyfriend, when I went to hairdresser, asked him, how is my haircut? He told me, horrible, Kate. <laughs> it's look horrible. I said, why are you saying this to me? He said, because it's true, Kate. Mm, and you can you could deal with that? Now, I'm enjoying this. I, I, you know, I was in Moscow uh, two weeks ago, uh -huh. and I was very direct to everybody. And I, what did they say? They say, luckily, Kate, you go only once in a year to Moscow. Because <laughs> they didn't like it too much. <laughs> No, no. Can you give an example? What, in what sense were you too direct in their opinion? Yeah, what kind of news is, is typical Dutch and uh, allowed to bring it very directly, but not done in Moscow, for example? To tell that food is not tasty. Ah, it's a sensitive topic. In a restaurant or if somebody cooks it? Uh, both ways. Really? It, yes, you can say, oh, I don't really like it. Boom. You would never do that back home. Yes, why well, you're so horrible to me? What's wrong? <laughs> I'm so happy you go back again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they paid your ticket again. Yes. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> but but you like you like living in that kind of directness, you say? Yes, I do. Because uh, what what is an advantage of it in that sense? You don't spend so much uh, of your energy to think what is this wh what this person mean, what they want from you. You always know what they directly they want from you. And it saves a lot of uh, emotional uh, feelings, you know. Okay. And, and do you share this information with potential expats who want to move to the Netherlands? Russian people, do you say, hey, nice that you are, that, that you are planning to move to the Netherlands, but <laughs> please remember one thing. I have a Japanese friend and uh, she moved to Netherlands and I told her, be aware, they are very direct. They are not mean to you, they're just direct. Because Japanese, they're always extremely polite. I okay, can, you, can you understand what you mean by that? In, in what sense? What, what does she say when you say that, uh, you know, be aware, they're very direct? I, I, um, I told her that they will always tell you that they like something or they don't like. And I told her about it, be ready for a lot of horrible compliments. Like, oh, you are so tired, you look so tired today. Or like, what's horror, wrong horrible with compliments. you? That's yes. a very nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about uh, expressions, you know, horrible compliments. Um, any words in, in Dutch that you picked up, uh, you know, along the way that you, you still feel as being very funny? I have my favorite word in Dutch, it's kakalaka. Kakalaka. I heard it in uh, Jamaica. We had a trip with the um, parents of my boyfriend and they talk about kakalaka. I thought, oh, such a wonderful word. I think it's something uh, like a cocktail or something funny or a festival, but it's just a cockroach. <laughs> it's a cockroach. But it's, it sounds so beautiful, kakalaka. It's like kakalaka. But, but you didn't inform all your families, hey, next time when you meet a Dutch one, hi, kakalaka or something like that, that you give some wrong instructions, right? Uh, no. No. Okay. That's cool. Okay. So you went. You went on a holiday with your your parents-in-law, your family-in-law. Yes. Right. So, and uh, how did they like the fact that they have now a Russian, original Russian woman in their family? I hope they're very happy with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I feel that it's not the family of my boyfriend. I feel more that it's my family. I always, uh, when I talk about them, I say it's my Dutch family. I have my Russian family and my Dutch family. So. Wow. And can you give some, you know, uh, experiences from the first, uh, let's say, couple of months when you were in the Netherlands, uh, apart from the directness, that were surprising to you? Because you came 
also from Portugal, you said. Did, mm -hmm. did, you, did you live there uh, for a while as well? I, I lived there for three years. Okay. I had my study there. Also, I, I worked there. Um, something what surprised me in the Netherlands that I, uh, in, when you make appointment with somebody, I say, I will be there in, let's say, in Tuesday at 7 o'clock. In Russia, you have to prove it one day before that I'm going to be tomorrow, see you. In Portugal, you have to prove it five times. But here, when I, I send a message like, oh, yeah, we're going to see it tomorrow. And, uh, and my friends ask me, please don't send it to us. If we say that we're going to be there, we're going to be there this time, this place. You so, can count on it. Yes. Because did you notice that the Dutch seem to work a lot with calendars? Yes. It's true. Oh, I have a funny story about it because I have, um, I have a grandmother of my boyfriend and she has a calendar at home. And uh, after one year, when, um, when we were together with my boyfriend, she asked me, oh, can you put uh, your name on a calendar? And I feel so proud. I know that it's very special. That yay, I'm in a family. I'm a, if I'm in a calendar, that means I'm in a family. You felt part of it, really. Yes. And that's typical because uh, by the end of the year, you can buy the family planner calendars in the Dutch uh, stores, you know, where you can put your name of, of mom and dad and the kids, of the partners or whatever. You know, you have a family calendar. Is that typical something Dutch or do you see it also in Portugal or in Russia? In Portugal, no. No calendar. <laughs> in Russia, uh, I think my generation more and more do this because if you want to meet up with uh, five people, you do a calendar appointment, and send invitation to everybody to know where you're going to be at which time, you know. But we are not so um, uh, calendared person as Dutch people. Well, I think that the, the te technology made it easier for the young people. Since yes. you have a mobile, you know, it's easy to uh, schedule a meeting with uh, all of you. And are there... Uh, so after three months, you, how long did you travel between uh, Russia and Netherlands uh, uh, before you decided to move definitely to the Netherlands? I think almost two years. And I have agreement with my previous boss that I'm going to work uh, by distance. And she was fine with it. So, and yeah, it was two years and I already know my neighbors. I know where everybody in the shop next by. Uh, I also went to house art there. <laughs> to so, the house art? Yes. Yeah. Uh, to the so general petitioner. Yes. yes, so I discover everything uh, what uh, I have to expect. So you did a lot of planning and, uh, let's say, uh, organizing or checking everything up front. Is that, is that your, has that always been your plan? Like, I want to be sure before I take this step? Um, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, because I already had this experience in Portugal. And I know that if I'm going to uh, other country, I have to be ready. It's always uh, stressful for everybody. And I thought, okay, now I have to think. If I'm going, moving to the Netherlands, I have to think. It's, it's, it's great to have love, but I want to make it as, uh, uh, comfort as comfortable as it possible for myself. So I think I need to think about uh, work, how to find a work. I have to build up um, a network, networking here. I have to find friends. I have to find a hobby for myself. So I... Uh, I think a lot about it. So I made a planning in Excel, like to find a job, uh, find friends, find hobby. So. Wow. Now that's a lot that we can discuss. Yeah, there's a lot of things to discuss because it, 
that there is always a moment where you decided to move to a plan. And, but what triggered you to make a plan? Because I think, you, did you have an experience that, okay, doing something unplanned wasn't so successful? Moving, for example, to Portugal? Um, no, it was great. But uh, I read a lot uh, about um, moving to, uh, to other country and about experience of different people. I listen to podcasts, I read the books. So I know that it's always different for everybody. And I thought, okay, uh, what is the most common problem of all expats? And I thought, okay, this is, this is the problems which I can face with. And I thought, how can I solve those problems? Because I, uh, in Portugal, everything was good, but I want to be, um, you know, to put a warm pillow for myself that if I, uh, something goes wrong, I know how to act in this situation. You want to be prepared. Yes, and also, you know, uh, because I moved to my boyfriend, I don't want to put all uh, problems on him because a lot of partners, if uh, uh, they say, you are responsible for, for me to find a friend, you are responsible for, to, for me to find a job, everything. Because it's your country and you know, yes. so you have to take care of me. But yes. I don't want, I, I don't want, I know that it's already a lot of uh, stress for him that I'm moving here. It's, it's great, but it's a lot of responsibilities also. So I want to, uh, this, those parts I want to put on my shoulders. And is that actually one of the main ingredients being a successful uh, couple as, uh, yeah, from, from an expat perspective? Uh, I think yes, because if, you're, if you have an uh, ex expat partner, uh, you, want, uh, you, know, you don't want to depend on each other. Uh, to be with the same friends, to have the same hobbies, everything. Because when you go back home, you have to talk about something, what happened with you. You have to tell stories to each other. And, uh, you have to build a separate life, you say, in a way. Yes, because otherwise you will be too stuck um, with each other, you know. Yes, see what you mean. It's, it's, it's very interesting, isn't it, uh, Darmin? No, no, because what I, what I hear is that you had a plan yes. to, to move when you started uh, decided to move to the Netherlands. And, you know, when you have a plan, you made it flexible to, to adjust when something didn't work. You had an option, uh, you had a plan B, C and D. And I think that's very powerful because at the end, you, you're planning actually a success because you can't control everything in life, but at least the things you can... Uh, plan, schedule, and control. You did it, and uh, and is this a Google sheet or Excel sheet somewhere available online that you can share with other expats? It's in Russian. Uh, Russia. Oh, okay. oh, we Go can translate. We can translate. <laughs> no worries. That's no, that's not a problem. Um, talking about plans, talking about schedules. We are halfway the first hour of this two-hour expat radio show, so it's time for some music. And uh, we asked you up front before you came here if there's any song that we'd like to request, and you had, you had a a wonderful song. And uh, can you tell yourself a little bit about it? Why would you like to like us to play that song? You know, I heard this song from my friend, Anna, when uh, uh, I lived in Portugal. And it's uh, bring me to moments when I used to live in Portugal. Okay, bring, brings back memories, good memories. Yes. Okay, so the song is Woodkid. I love you. And those are beautiful memories of Kate Kusova of Portugal, wasn't it? Yes. What a beautiful song. 
you. Really nice, really nice. So if you tuned in later, we're here with Easy FM Expert Radio, downtown Omira, and we're speaking with uh, Kate Kate Kusova from Russia about her experiences coming to the Netherlands. She came here, she told us, uh, because of her boyfriend who's Dutch, and she just told us uh, before the music that uh, she has uh, she has planned it all. She's planned it all before she decided to take the big step to come to live here. She's the, actually the first official Agile Scrum expat master that we had in the radio show. It's unbelievable. That's a new term, actually. I never heard of it. No, we just came up with this idea. <laughs> so <laughs> so let's, let's dive into that a bit more. You told us that on different as aspects of your life, you prepare things. So we know that for a lot of people in your situation, it's quite a challenge to build a new life of friends. So can you tell us a bit about what you did in terms of planning and executing your plan to find new friends in the Netherlands? Okay, I, I took it very seriously and I thought, uh, with whom I want to be friends with? What is the age of these people? What is their interest? Everything. And after I asked myself where I can meet those people. So, I have uh, two big plans and both of them worked. First, I went to Pecha Kucha. Pecha Kucha, it sounds like a TED, TED Talks. Uh, uh, it's... Um, place where people uh, have their presentation, 20 seconds per 20 slides, and ask and I asked to be a volunteer there. So, and I volunteered there and I met a lot of people. They have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of speakers there. And next one will be in March. It's very interesting. People talk about everything. For example, uh, in Amsterdam, one of the big problem is uh, chewing gums. So, and the guys, they solve this problem, they do, uh, uh, shoe from a chewing gums, recycled chew, chewing gums in Amsterdam. So to recycle chewing gums on the on the streets. Yes. So they have a special program for this. Or uh, a girl, she uh, recycle jellyfishes for um, for bags. So it's always very interesting people. So I met uh, some of my friends there. Also, I really like to read. So I find a um, book club in Amsterdam and most of my friends are from this book club and it's very nice because you know when you move to a new country you have a very luxurious thing that uh, you can choose with whom you want to be friends with. You can start over again, yes. isn't it? You, uh, you can fi find different people, you know, from different uh, parts of the world. And you always can be honest with this person that, oh, it's nice to drink coffee with you, but I'm not sure that I want to be friends with you also. Because you're in the Netherlands, you have to be direct. Right. And so the, the two uh, different um, uh, meetings where you went to, so the first is the 22nd uh, uh, Pecha Kucha. Pecha Kucha, uh meetings where yes. you met a lot of people. Were they international people? Yes, it's um, international people. It's everything in English. And it's always in a different place in Amsterdam, like uh, in Spaces or Cure Amsterdam. In uh, Book Club, it's in Russian. And it's also very important for me to stay um, in touch with my, you know, with my background, to talk in Russian about different books. It's also nice. I, I almost know the answer, but is this, was this on purpose that you decided to go for an international group, mixed, and a Russian group? Yes. <laughs> 
I thought so. <laughs> yeah, because you know when you uh, when you live abroad, it's uh, very nice to to meet people with different uh, cultural background, but also to keep in touch with your own cultural group. You know. And is it true that um, when you get in touch with your your heritage, eh, with your own culture? Uh, it, it, it grows, it will become stronger, the bond, actually. Then is it, or, or is it more uh, appreciated, uh, or, yeah, appreciated before than uh, living in Russia itself in another, or another country? Does it have a different feeling? Because you're now in the Netherlands and suddenly you meet your own people. Yes, it's, uh, it, it, it makes us uh, closer to each other, you know. And also, um, it's nice to uh, to uh, see uh, Russian-speaking people because we have uh, people from in the book club from Ukraine, from Estonia, from uh, Poland, and uh, it's nice to see how uh, uh, what is dif what do we have uh, d uh, differences in us and what do we have in common? So in common, you have the language, yes, or to start with, but there are differences as well among these people. Yes, also. And do, uh, are there Russian uh, dialects or slangs that are not understandable by some of the members of the book clubs? Uh, sometimes uh, we have uh, girls from Ukraine and sometimes they use the word Ukrainian words and they don't know, and I don't know what is, uh, okay. uh, what is this in Russian. Oh, and, but do you also share tips bef be uh, uh, to, to get something uh, special information? But always food, for example, eh? ingredients that's not available in the Netherlands. But somebody says, hey, I know an address and you can get it, buy it or whatever. Uh, in a book club, we have a rule that we talk only about books in the book club. But uh, when we have a meetings outside of the book club, yes, we share this information. Sometimes we go together to cinema and uh, also, you know, um, we share uh, uh, tips how to learn Dutch. What are the typical Russian Dutch tips you share or you sh or share with each other? To share, uh, uh, to, uh, to be, to be open, you know, to be open for, for new people, to be open for um, new experience when you move to Netherlands, uh, be ready that not everything going uh, smoothly as you expected. And, um, but because you meet the people in the, in the book club and outside the book club, and you said you had a good plan to, uh, to, to, to get adapted to the Dutch uh, society, culture and all the habits. But how does your weekend look like? Is it a 100% Dutch weekend, 50-50, 100% Russian? How, how does it look like? Because you, you had a very good plan. Uh, I, have, um, I, uh, I work three days per week, so I have two days for myself and two, two uh, days. Uh, Saturday and Sunday we spend together with my boyfriend so sometimes we go to cinema a couple of times I bring him to museum he was struggling you bring, with it you, you bring him to museums yeah he struggled with it <laughs> so much <laughs> so you educate him in a way yeah but uh, I failed with this <laughs> he you, didn't enjoy it you failed okay and uh, uh, sometimes we go to for bike tour in Almira we do canoeing in uh, Utrecht, so we... Yeah. A lot of nice trips. Yes, really you have nice. all kinds of activities. You said you work three days a week. Yes. Uh, Netherlands is very famous for part-time working. 
how does it reflect when you uh, is it in common in Russia that uh, if women work it's part time or full time? Uh, or do they say declare you for crazy that you have the ability to work for three days in a week? Yeah, you know, uh, it's not very common in Russia to work uh, part time. It's always uh, full time. And uh, when I told to my friends that I work three days in a week, I think they secretly hate me. <laughs> <laughs> or are very jealous. <laughs> yes. So may maybe uh, ask a few questions about work, because we, we now explored a bit of how you found friends and we heard how you had the strategy there. What was your strategy for finding a job? So uh, to find a job, you, you, I plan my day. I wake up at 9 a.m. And, uh, and I start to looking for a job. I check all the websites. I, I ask, uh, I send so many CVs. I apply for 200 uh, vaca uh, vacancies. So, and also my tip to expats, ask everybody. Ask your, tell, uh, let everybody know that you're looking for a job. Tell your neighbors, to your friends, to your family that you're looking for a job because I, I tell everybody that I'm looking for a job. I open for, for new opportunities. So, and this is the way how I find a job. Uh, my, um, my boyfriend, he uh, had an internship in Zorhub and uh, he still uh, keep in touch. And also his uh, sister, she's working in Zorhub and they recommend me for, to this company. So this is the way how I find a job. Via networking, actually. Yes. Because you said you wrote 200 application letters. Yes. And you were turned down all the time? Uh, no. It just, what happened to them? I start to, I, I start to looking for a job after uh, one month. And when people see that, oh, you just moved to the country. You have no uh, work experience in the country. Uh, you're... They, you know, how can rely on you? You be, you, you need to, you need to prove it somehow. You need to, if you have no job experience in Netherlands and nobody want to hire you, do volunteer work yes. for them to show that you have something in the country that you start to do a route in the country. I understand. So you said, okay, if 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 they if. I'm in the catch-22 in, in a way. I want to work, but I cannot get work because I have not worked before. And that's, that's really difficult. But you found a solution. You say, I'm going to do voluntary work. I find a job, but in my strategy, it was uh, if I'm not... If I'm, oh, it I was a B plan, plan B maybe. Yes. Oh, but you, before that you found a job. And, and how did you find a job via this network? Is that what you I said? Ask, I start to ask everybody about the job. And uh, um, sister of my boyfriend... She asked me. Uh, she asked her boss if uh, he wants to meet with me, and uh, so he he find time for me, and we talk, and uh, they hire me. Wonderful. So, and do you like a job? Yes, I like it. So I have a very uh, in the fr um, in the beginning it was very stressful because my boss told me, and it was great advi uh, advice from him. He told me that Kate from the first day of. Uh, of your work, everybody going to speak with you in, only in Dutch. And I don't, I didn't speak Dutch at this moment, not very well, but, and I, it was uh, very stressful for me. But my colleagues, they understand it and everybody speak with me in very easy Dutch. And they helped me. They, uh, during the coffee pause, during the lunch, they told me, oh, this is the way how you have to say it. And it was very nice. I'm very thankful for this. 
for all the help that you got from your colleagues. Yes. And, and that's actually what, what you're actually saying is that uh, use your network when you're moving to the Netherlands or when you are in the Netherlands and uh, ask everybody for something if they can offer you. And there's one thing because you, you uh, did 200 applications for a job uh, and you said you, you were also invited sometimes for a job interview or not. Uh, yes. Is there something typical um, about the Dutch job interviews compared with uh, Russian interviews? Uh, I think it's it's more or less the same. Okay, so uh, we are yes. on the same level. That's okay. great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you so much for all, all sharing all of this. There's much more we're going to ask, uh, Kate. But because it's Radio Day, I think we should play another song about radio. Absolutely. Radio Gaga on World Radio Day. If you tuned in later, you're listening to Expat Radio Easy FM. And we're sitting here with a Russian lady called Kate Kusova, and we spoke about the things that she planned before she went to the Netherlands. And we spoke about work, we spoke about building a social network in the Netherlands, and we heard how she all structured it and had a plan and executed it. And one thing we didn't discuss yet, uh, apart from work, apart from getting to socialize, is there anything else? that you have been doing here the last two, two years, maybe hobbies or things like that? Uh, yes. Uh, and now I want to give uh, a tip for experts. Uh, I, uh, I go a lot to a museum and it's very nice for to understand the culture, to prepare for Imburgering also. And um, with museum cards you can go to any museum in country and it's very nice. So it's I have, a, I have a list with the museums which I want to visit too. But also with the hobbies, I try to, I still on my way to find a hobby. I uh, tried pottery classes. It was very nice, not my thing. I went to... It was very nice, but not your thing. Not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just to try. <laughs> okay. Yes, I tried. It's look, in, in, uh, I wasn't, I have no talent in it. So I went to stand-up show. Also to to you know to have something and I it was nice for one time also so now I'm still in the process to find my hobby. Okay, You're and, and uh, talking about museum because the uh, Netherlands is of course very uh, famous for some uh, museum. What should be definitely on the bucket list of uh, an expat? Um, I I I I find one place. It's called Collection Six. It's collection of uh, Family Six. During the Golden Age, uh, Six was um, Baron Six, Jan Six, was the mayor of Amsterdam, and he was a good friend of Rembrandt. So, and uh, he has a big collection. He had a big collection at home, and uh, now his family still live in this house, and they have agreement with municipality of Amsterdam that um, our municipality of Amsterdam take care about all of art pieces in this house because they have original uh, Rembrandt, they have a lot of uh, Dutch artists. Every piece of this house is uh, art. So they have agreement with Gemente uh, that they allow to uh, visitors in the house with, uh, with the heat. And, uh, but for this, uh, municipality take care about uh, all these art, uh, art pieces. So it's very interesting to, to see it's it's like Reich Museum, but it's somebody so, someone's house. You know, it feels very special. 
Very nice, very nice. Uh, a last thing we go, before we go into the break is that you mentioned the museum card. So we just, uh, for the people who don't know this, uh, just explain what it is. Can, can, you, can you tell us shortly what it is? Yes, uh, you can buy museum cards uh, in the Museum of Netherlands. Uh, here you can uh, buy it in PIP Museum in um, Almere. And with this museum card you pay only 65 euro and you can visit around 400 museum of the Netherlands. It's really worth it if you visit at least three, three museums per year. It's already... Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it, yeah. So you have this museum card, and how many museums did you did you visit until now? Oh, I think around 20. Already? 20? Already. And it's all the 20, did your boyfriend join all the 20? No, only three. Only three. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave up. Yeah, he, <laughs> he no, he, he, all, he almost uh, cried in the Rush Museum. He said, why do you do this to me, Kate? Yeah. So, <laughs> it was not his cup of tea. <laughs> like pottery for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you mean. Maybe he can he can teach you a hobby. Yeah, maybe. Like a Dutch hobby who knows. I don't know. Is any adopt no maybe the, the cycling against the wind? Yeah, cycling against the winds, I think that's a perfect hobby for you. <laughs> We're gonna slowly move into the uh, the break of the uh, the eight o'clock. And uh, just to let you know, in the second hour we'll be talking to uh, Hannah van der Rest and she is of the Amsterdam Culture Club. It's gonna be very exciting. She's gonna tell us all about it.